July 29th, 2020, this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary on a Wednesday, and he's back, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Scoops Labar. Welcome back to the show. Good to be back. Didn't think I'd see Raj tonight, but I guess wasn't surprised. We'll see yeah. how the quarter hour ratings go now that everybody sees that <laughs> Raj is here and not Matt. I should just put a cutout of Matt Morgan's head. <laughs> we should get those made. MLB style, yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah, no, Matt uh, ditching us tonight for Dr. Drew. He's on the Dr. Dr. Drew, Drew. Show, so. I know. So many questions, so many things I want to ask Matt. And tune in Friday to see me uh, recap the Dr. Drew experience with Matt Morgan. And then we'll My talk about it. was on a show back in the day where Dr. Drew was on and uh, met him and, yeah, was part of a panel that he was on. Oh, well. Thought so your wife was on Dr. Drew's show? What's that? Your wife was on Dr. Drew's? Yeah, I used to... Own an Indian dating site, and she was kind of the oh, rep right. for it. So there was a it was a thing about online dating, and so yeah, he was had a panel, and she was one of the people on it. Well, so. not to be one upper, I called into Loveline once back huh? in uh, the mid to late nineties. So you know there was that. It just it's full what circle. What advice did you get, Glenn? We're not even talking about what that call was about. I was having uh, <laughs> some relationship issues at the time. Just in your needed... Doctor Drew story. Yeah. <laughs> We all have. I don't, I don't. I unfortunately don't. Oh man. Maybe, maybe, Nothing. Maybe. I mean, I had I had a weird episode in college with a girl. Maybe I should have called Doctor Drew to get advice, but oh, never mind. Love one <laughs> used to be so good. They used to be such a great, great show. Um, so we got a lot to talk about tonight. NXT on USA. Uh, everything that's going on there. Uh, they're amplifying some things in the NXT title picture. And uh, then uh, AEW tonight, we had some movement there, setting up match for All Out, Moxley versus MJF. Uh, Justin Lopez with a $10 super chat saying, off the bet, I just want to say how much money uh, how much money the MJF promo was tonight, how money it was, God, how much, uh, how money it was. I don't know if he wins it all out, but he should be the first homegrown AEW talent to become world champion. I thought that was one of the high points of either show tonight. That was my high point. Yeah, I like this whole, you know, obviously we're in an election year here in, in America. I, I like the, you know, he's calling for all out, which is what, September, you know, usually Labor Day weekend or so. So, we, you know, it still weighs out. Um, he's got this campaign feel. They got the, the United States and the plaid, and like like a scarf, and he's got this platform. He's announced his candidacy. I, I like this. I mean, it's, it's, it's got a good feel to it. I mean, it, it, it kind of... It kind of null and voids anything Moxley does between now and then. So like he's fighting Darby Allen next week. Okay, he's not. You know, it's like you know that he's not dropping the title until that point. So it kind of. But at the same point, I like the I like the long term, you know, campaign angle that that that, that uh, MJF's going to take here. Although, I feel like we would crap all over this if it was a WWE thing. But announcing the debate between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Um, I don't know. That seems like the least AEW gimmicky segment they've announced to date. Well, I mean, I think we would definitely crap on it if, if WWE was doing it between just two guys. But because Orange Cassidy doesn't speak and because, and because he doesn't lift a finger hardly at all. When you say he's going to be in a debate, it's like, you know, that is an intrigue because of the character. Now, now whether or not it's going to be good or not, I don't know. It could be complete garbage. And then they, of course, have the angle as a mystery moderator. I don't know if they've gotten Bob Backlund or what they're going to pull out here. But, um, but I, will, I will admit this. I, I'm going to pay attention. I'm, I'm waiting for that segment because I want to see, okay, Orange Cassidy, what are they, they going to do a debate with him? I'm yeah, guessing it's Jericho, not Chuck Todd Jer- for Meet the Press. Anyhow. Uh, probably, no, probably not. Uh, 
The the Jericho Orange Cassidy segments haven't been my favorite, and, I, I've, lo- and I've loved Chris Jericho segments since he started in AEW. But uh, this one, I mean, it has potential, so we'll see. But the, I thought that MJF, we'll, we'll get to it more later, but um, and, I just don't think any of the younger guys can do that, that uh, like a, a 10, 15-minute entertainment segment like he could. A lot of older guys could, Jericho, you know, guys like that, but uh, not many younger guys. And uh, we had a, a debut talent tonight on AEW, a former WWE talent who made their debut on AEW tonight and is going to be back next week to team with Cody. There's so much to talk about. Uh, but first, uh, let's get to a news item before we hop into this. Justin, what's the latest on SummerSlam? Yeah, SummerSlam's the next WWE uh, pay-per-view to come, uh, August 23rd. And uh, it's been really noted, you know, it's been said that Vince, you know, does you know, wants to do everything he can to not have this be, not have a second biggest show uh, being the performance center. He had to suffer that up and suck it up for Mania. Uh, so WrestleVotes, uh, Twitter account that's been yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty spot on with its its reports over the last couple of years. Uh, WrestleVotes had a couple reports uh, noting that Vince has been going, to, been trying a lot of things, a lot of ideas been thrown around the wall. I think even one phrase even used by WrestleVotes was some outlandish uh, options have been thrown against the wall by Vince of, of how they can get out of the PC. For SummerSlam, but uh, most recently today, WrestleVotes tweeted, and we have it uh, the full thing on uh, Wrestling Inc. That uh, Vince has uh, apparently uh, you know, shopped having SummerSlam at an outdoor venue and around the Northeast, but so far no states have been uh, willing to take the take on the risk that that would of course uh, bring about to have uh, and have a crowd, mind you, as well have some kind of a uh, a crowd attend. Yeah, I mean, I, I selfishly, I'd love it. I hate the PC. I hate the the visual and the the atmosphere of the PC. Um, but you know, again, we are we are uh, kind of at a peak right now of the pandemic. Uh, so we'll see uh, if they could find a place. If there's a way they could do it safely, NASCAR has been doing outdoor arenas, um, outdoor stadiums with twenty, thirty thousand fans. But well. And what I mean, I, I I get him trying to shop around the Northeast. You know, originally it was supposed to be in Boston, so potentially people who had their sights set on going to Boston, you know, if it's in the Northeast, maybe they, they would be willing to drive. And uh, you know, again, you know, New York, Connecticut, those are those are Vince's backyards. So you think he'd have some pool, but if he's if he's if he's okay with doing it outside, and obviously Florida and the Governor DeSantis is like, yep, uh, you know, keep doing shows. There has to be another amphitheater like Daly's right. place. There has to be. There has to be plenty of outdoor venues in Florida that he could go to, and, and Florida would be the best option on just on the context of the majority of the talent live in Florida, so they could drive to it. They wouldn't have to leave the state and potentially, you know, states like New York are asking you to quarantine. So uh, there has to be an outdoor venue that he could rent. People thought that with the Republican uh, convention as well, and that uh, that is more or less canceled at as, at, at least from a. Uh, indoor arena point of view you know perspective and finding an outdoor location so i mean with florida on the rise maybe um maybe desantis has changed his tune as far as having an an outdoor arena with actual fans i'm sure there's probably another outdoor amphitheater where he could do it so yeah just anything uh, anything anything outside of the pc go to the daytona speedway Put the ring and everything in the infield. We've seen the Daytona Speedway for NASCAR can hold like a hundred thousand people. If you put twenty five thousand people in that spaced out, you'd be, you'd be okay. Yeah, I was gonna say. You know, we mentioned months ago, like doing it at the beach. Yeah, right. if you do it at the beach, a closed off location. You know, have people adhere to social distancing, like the old WCW pay per views where they they do it on the beach. It could look cool, especially if you do it at night. Um, so. 
I think at this point, anything that's not on the PC will look cool. Yes. <laughs> I mean, literally. <laughs> and and, and, and it, it won't last forever, but if they get out of the PC and start doing uh, Raw, SmackDown, even a pay-per-view out of the PC, it will briefly re-energize the show just a little bit. Yeah. Go to Alaska and do it on a glacier. <laughs> yeah. It'll be That'd be visual. better. They have less infections up there. Get have people. Go to Germany or one of these other countries that has it a bit more under control than the U.S. There are options. Well, if you did a, you know, they, Chris Jericho, they did that uh, those episodes of Dynamite on the cruise ship, and they look great. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. you can't have that many people. I don't know how many people would want to go on a cruise ship anyway. Yeah, you don't do the cruise. You just do time. you just do a nighttime event. You know, what, you just stay what, docked. Where where were they when Lex slammed Yoko? The Intrepid. They're on a ship, right? Yeah. yeah. We talked yeah. about that the other night. That would be the steadiest boat to have it on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of SummerSlam, if you're slamming this summer or your summer is slamming, I want to thank the sponsor of tonight's episode, which is Manscaped. Oh, Manscaped. You make all our lives better. You're making this quarantine and isolation period bearable. And now that summer is full action, full of full action, time to lose a little weight. And I'm not talking about dropping pounds from the gut. I'm talking about dropping some pounds below the waistline and uh, tightening things up, getting your groom on, as it were. Manscaped is dedicated to help you level up your full body grooming game. They will keep you fresh. The sun's out. The 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 buns are out. Uh, but hopefully your pubes aren't out. Manscaped offers all the right tools to keep your hair groomed above and below the belt. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is a perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 perfect package. Love the, love the case on this. Just satisfying to open. Look at this. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and includes the slash tip tweezers, the rounded point scissors, the fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Just get, get a nice polish going there. Uh, smooth surfaces. That's what it's all about. Uh, you're wearing the flip-flops. People don't want to see those nasty unclipped toes of yours. And with the fingers, oh my god, you gotta you gotta get that in line, guys. Come on. You know, if you, if you got magic hands, you got you can't have magic hands without magic nails. Uh, the magic fingers, as it were. No one likes an ungroomed set of feet, fingers, or most importantly, uh, your bikini area. You know, the 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 package, as it were. That's why Manscaped has forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0, that water-resistant cordless body trimmer. Got that ceramic blade there. It's perfect. Uh, also comes with a ton of other liquid formulations surround out your manscaping routine. Now, this is the best trimmer on the market for those who need a chest shave or, uh, you know, Wax some weeds, as it were. Uh, the third generation trimmer features a skin safe technology to reduce manscaping accidents. I have had those before. Uh, healing from one of those, not the easiest thing. Trust me, save the stress, save the screams. Get on it with Manscaped and the Lawnmower 3.0. You'll also find the Crop Preserver in the perfect package, the anti chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, because you know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing that bathing suit all day or just hanging out, not getting dressed. You, you know, if you, some of us can chafe while doing absolutely nothing, and Manscaped Crop Preserver will prevent against that. There's also the Crop Reviver, which is a testy toner designed to give you a pep in your step. Subscribe to that perfect package. You'll get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer. Delivered to your door every three months. Keep things fresh. Keep things clean. And for a limited time, subscribers are going to get two free gifts. That's right. The Shed Travel Bag, $39 value add. And the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Raj, how great are those boxer briefs? They are awesome. I've, I've worn them quite a few times. They're they're very comfortable. Uh, I use Manscaped uh, quite a I mean, I've... I've 
shown it on this podcast. I mean, not not the downstairs. Oh, he's shown it. I, I do the look at the uh, results. I do the upstairs. Whip as it well. out, Raj. Come on, show everybody what you're working with down there. <laughs> yeah, not tonight, but <laughs> just eight. But uh, yeah, I, I'll do my beard. I do the, the the chest hair. You know, keep it all clean and just it, it has replaced uh, everything I've had before. So yeah, it's great. Can I just say, all three of us have the Manscaped boxer shorts uh, along with all the other products, which is fine. And all three of us enjoy the Manscaped boxer. But then I have a problem that all that I have the same pair of boxers that the two of you do, and the, I don't, that's, that's that's like a weird thing on my mind. It's nice we don't I wear them the same day. Oh, that true. would be weird. Yeah. We should all wear them the same day, and then we could just drop trow on the air and hold up our boxers. Use Manscaped so your girl does not have to call Doctor Drew and complain about. It's oh my god! Can you imagine? I've heard situation. those love line calls, and just you know, and trust me, if you want people to spend time in that area, like you know. Roll out the welcome mat, figuratively, not literally, and clean your stuff up there. Uh, but no, seriously, in those box briefs, let me just say, do you guys have this where, I'm this way with t-shirts too, I love those box briefs so much, I need to buy more of them, because every time there's the laundry, those box briefs go right to the top of the pile, back in the hamper, like, hey, can we wash those again? I need more pairs. All other underwear I own pales in comparison to the Manscaped boxer briefs. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I'm going to wear mine, I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear mine tomorrow. Okay, uh, let's then I'll go. remind tonight and try to offset it from you. Oh, there you go. Well, <laughs> hey, you're going to get 20% off your order plus free shipping with the code INC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off you're going to save plus free shipping with the code INC at manscaped.com. And uh, check it out. they got tons of great stuff. The perfect package, that new uh, Shears 2.0 grooming kit, the boxer briefs. And you're going to save 20% off and get free shipping. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code INC. Summer is here. It's time to manscape and uh, level up your grooming game. We thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Let's talk about AEW Dynamite tonight. What do you yeah. think of Dynamite overall, Raj? I, I thought the MJO promo was great. Otherwise, I didn't think it was as good as uh, the, the last few weeks. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I thought the MJ, MJF promo was a home run, and uh, that was really the high point for me. Yeah, I thought the things that I enjoyed, I really enjoyed. And then I thought the things that I didn't like, I really didn't like. That said, even though there are pockets of things I didn't like, I thought Dynamite did a really good job with its overall pace. Like, it really kept that the transitions from everything, it really kept, like, a frantic pace. It made it hard a lot of times to turn my attention over to NXT because I, they, they, they just kept an important feel. Um, so, I, you know, I give, I give, I like that. That that to me, that's a big deal to uh, to keep to keep a pace. You know, feeling feeling must see rather than very repetitive, same formula, going to commercial, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this opening of the show tonight. Yeah. Yeah, no Excalibur tonight. Um, oh, that's right. And uh, they didn't mention why, they didn't mention why they didn't say uh, anything. Some videos from a promo he cut with kevin owens uh from his pwg days resurfaced they've been around forever they've been around for years and years and years but for whatever reason they kind of pop back up uh this week so obviously some people thinking that might be it um if it was something covid related you know if it was covid related they had mentioned before with tony shivani that uh he wasn't on the last sh- the last shows uh because his covid test didn't come back but they haven't mentioned any positive uh covid results yet so who knows um who knows for instance uh uh what's his face uh qt marsh marshall they never mentioned on tv that he had it so um so who knows hmm indeed uh we opened tonight with that 10-man tag match 
The Best Friends, Orange Cassidy, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy versus Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Santana Ortiz, and Sammy Guevara uh, tonight. Matt Hardy showing up and making an appearance at uh, near the end there. But uh, this was – what do you think of this as an opening segment, Justin, especially compared to the women's match on NXT? Well, I think in name value, you know, it's a pretty stacked – you know, I mean, it's a pretty busy opening segment. So I was okay to that point, but then – I don't know. This really just this match quickly went off the rails for me in terms of. I mean, you know, it's funny. They would then after this match uh, announce how the main event's a, a tornado tag, and I'm like, everything's a tornado tag. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you got Jim Ross on commentary who's saying, you know, Aubrey uh, Edwards was the referee, and he's like, you know, there's only one referee. She, there's no way she could properly officiate a, t- a ten man match. You know, she's out, and it's like, no, the referee's the law. Right. What she's do you like, mean? There's she, nothing she can do. She can throw people out. She can disqualify a team. You know, like that. Um, you know, so that's going on. It, it just it kind of you know, Luchasaurus mask is falling off. It was, it was just one of those things where I, I felt like a lot of things just were not clicking. They were just everything was a miss. Um, you know, uh, Matt show, Hardy showing up, cool. Um, I know he. You know, I mean, he even said it on on an exclusive interview we ran on Wrestling Inc. here a couple months ago. You know, Sammy Guevara, somebody who Chris Jericho had even told Matt before Matt got to AEW, hey, I think this kid reminds me of your brother when he was young, of Jeff Hardy. Mm. So I'm not surprised to see Matt wanting to work with a guy like Sammy. And obviously, they've had a little bit of history already. You know, should Sammy be the one getting pinned as he just came back from his absence of TV? You know, there's there's a debate there. But overall, this 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 as it went on, it just continued to go down for me. Yeah, uh, Justin, to your point, I thought this match was just a cluster. Um, It got a little better towards the end. I hate the fact, you know, this no DQ thing. I know they used to do that in ECW. They kind of do that in New Japan. But at some point, either you have the people not just ridiculously break the rules that you don't need to do DQs, or they become so distracting that they're not able to do it that it just gets ridiculous. Like, what's the point of having tags if... There's no DQs. You, then you never, you never have to tag. Then there's no point. Um, so at some point, they gotta, they got to implement the rules a little. I'm not saying overdo it like WWE where you have DQs three times in one show. But, you know, once every few weeks just to show that you've got a, a base and there's, there's consequences for, you know, mm-hmm. bringing thumbtacks. For, I, I, actually, that was a tornado match. But, you know. Uh, what's his face? Marco Stunt getting involved. That you, it just gets to be uh, overblown, overdone, ridiculous. So yeah, it felt more like a, uh, an overblown, off the rails main event. I thought opening the show with this compared to NXT, this was the part where I thought NXT started in a much more promising, streamlined fashion. And Jr. I mean Jr. You could tell he was frustrated with it. He was he was kind of you know later on saying. Well, this isn't. He said something like it's not supposed to be a tornado match, and and uh, why is everyone in the ring? You could tell he was getting annoyed with it. So, and Jericho, you know, he's he's someone that's kind of spoken about having rules and, and trying to uh, trying to have more sensible uh, storytelling in matches. So, um, I was surprised. As far as uh, Sammy Guevara and, and Matt Hardy, Sammy just came back last week. I don't think he should be being beat his first weekend. I said this about Ali also uh, the the other night, and people are, you know people were like, "Well, he he's setting up a feud with Matt Hardy. You could do a backstage segment and set it up. You don't have to have Sammy, you know, losing his first match. There's plenty of guys in that match that are you can beat that there's it doesn't hurt anyone like uh, Chuck Taylor, 
or, you know, Ortiz or Santana. So I just think Sammy, just coming back, he served his punishment, so that punishment should no longer be a factor. Uh, he shouldn't be taking the pin. I'm not saying he should get the win, but he shouldn't have taken the pin yet. Yeah, and back to AEW with their tags and such, I, I know that they have a strong tag division of interesting tag teams. They do. There's a lot of depth to it. But are you really, are, are you really showcasing that depth when it's not just traditional tag matches, but you have it's 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 eight man tags, it's ten man tag. Next week there's a twelve man tag. Like at some point, like I would love. I mean, we're, the AEW Dynamite's been going for about what like forty something weeks now. I would love for somebody that somebody who has nothing to do right now in quarantine uh, between now and next Wednesday, come at us in the chat room. Do go back and do the math. I, I would love to know the ratio of matches that have been on Dynamite in these forty something weeks of how many one on one singles matches there's been compared to how many tag or multi-man matches because at some point it kind of gets like are you just rolling out all these people out there just because you feel that you want to get them all airtime or you feel that you need to get them all tv time to get established with the audience it gets a bit much after a while especially when there there's no rules yeah and and that is a good point because these multi-person matches never feel like there's anything on the line there's no, never anything at stake and even if you look at the ratings, it's the one-on-one -on -one matches that do better. It's the ones that have some sort of stakes or a story, the open challenges, things like that. And yeah, these having these you know multi-person tag matches, and this is not even AEW, just AEW. This is anywhere. Always yeah. seems like it's just a way to kill time. Well, it's the Justice League theory, the idea that you know for casual viewers, I can get a uh, oh, I'm knocking stuff over. You can get a uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman, all your favorites in one sec. It's this idea that I think they think that'll pop a rating because people flipping through will be like, hey, I, I like at least five of the guys in this match. Yeah, but there's only one draw right now in that match, and that's Jericho. And even his numbers haven't been strong the last uh, month and a half. Yeah. So. Yeah, sometimes, uh, yeah, sometimes it just feels like all the multi-man matches are just a, an easy excuse for them to do all kinds of crazy choreographed spots. You know, I mean, like, it drove me nuts. It was like maybe two weeks ago. You know the Young Bucks when the, the match. I think it was a match that they teamed with FTR, and there was a spot that was being done from the outside ramp, and somebody was on the top rope. I don't remember all the players, but I remember. And I remember going back and watching the replay, and then it went viral. Like the Young Bucks were holding the foot of their partner, so that way their partner could be on the receiving end of this very cool, innovative spot. And it's like, what is that? Like they they were helping aid their partners get. An offensive move done to like that just looks so bad, and it, and it's not like it was it's not like it was a, a hidden parlor trick. It was the hard cam was shooting it, and they're at the very center, of the, you know, of the rope doing it. Well, so, and to that point, I don't think WWE would put this big of talents in a match like this. You know, like to do five men with five on five with this uh, with this big of the stars in the company. Well, they don't really have that many big stars right now in WWE. You, you know, on, on Raw, like, who would you put? It's Drew, Seth, maybe Lashley. Uh, and if you did put them all in that match, what do you do the rest of the show? They don't quite have the depth because they've buried so many guys. I don't know if buried marginalized so many guys. Made them mm. just mid-card, mid lower mid-card guys. Uh, whereas AEW has a little more room at you know as far as their star power. They haven't, mm. they haven't misused their stars. They, have, they haven't fully... Uh, uh, done what they can with some of them, like a Kenny Omega, uh, and hopefully that's coming, but uh, they haven't misused them. So, after this, uh, Cody with Arn Anderson versus Warhorse for the AEW TNT Championship. So, Justin, tell the tell the people at home about Warhorse and why this was such a big deal. I was hoping you'd tell me, Glenn. 
Raj Geary, um, tell the people at home about Warhorse <laughs> and why this was such a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> was this a big deal? Somebody like in the chat room, explain what's the big deal with Warhorse. He, he looks kind of like a. I, I mean, I'm sure he's he's has some great matches <laughs> on the indies, but he kind of oh, looks like a, a a poor man's renegade, doesn't he? Oh, I was gonna say. Like, a, I was gonna say warrior. Not not, not, <laughs> not a poor man's warrior. A poor, no, poor renegade man's was the poor man's warrior. This <laughs> guy comes off as a poor man's renegade. Right. Yeah. No. Well, I, like he's yeah. doing him renegade for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I don't. And Raj can uh, seriously. Raj could probably expand way more. I, I know, he, you know he's 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 a big independent champion, and it, it is a title that other people that have gone on to have some TV success have held. He's got supposedly a social media following. I mean, the guy's got like twenty thousand Twitter followers. So I mean. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, look, I'll, I'll say this: I, I like, I like the fact that AEW is, is is open door in the sense of it really does have the feel of other than a WWE talent who's under WWE contract. That any, you do feel like anybody could show up any week. That that Tony Khan is willing to, to yeah, to but kinda this let, isn't anyone. Well, I know, and that's what I'm trying to get at. I, yeah. I appreciate the con. I appreciate that, and for this, and I don't know, I don't know much about this kid. I, you know, a, this is the biggest night of his life, right? Getting a, a match that's promoted, being t- being built up to against Cody Rhodes on on TNT television. This is a, that's great for him, and that's great, I guess, for those in the business to feel like there's opportunity like that. Besides having to just go to, to be a jobber or go be a paramedic in WWE as an extra. Sure, but yeah, but I, I don't. This guy, I, it just didn't. Mm. They gave him flames. They gave him pyro, and he had a cool <laughs> entrance. He reversed the figure four almost immediately the first time I got put on him. I, I just, and that's the thing. I think this booking strategy, just into your point, this isn't like they're bringing in, uh, you know, uh, Rusev or, or Miro to do a one-off or someone that's like a big name. It's it's a little pockets of fandom, right? So if you're a warhorse guy and you followed him and stuff, it's cool to see him there. If they brought in. Uh, uh, Broseph Joe Brody from Hood Slam. He's big in the Bay Area. If they brought him in, I would pop for that. But I don't think people outside the Bay Area would pop for that. Well, I think it, that that's the problem with the strategy. It might be a little too niche into different pockets of fandom. Right. Again, it, it's good for the business to, to to know that this this major company has an open door like this. But you're right. So the twenty thousand Twitter followers of Warhorse are really excited. Let me see. Did, did that move the needle? Did all twenty thousand of them, and did, did all of them tell three friends? Like, let me see what his segment did, what his match did. Because otherwise, yeah, at some point, it's like, are, are you just chasing a little bit of Twitter clout to have to, mm, you know? I think it's more goodwill with the fans, and I think that's what it's intended to be. But you know, and again, and, the, and I'll say this: the match wasn't bad, but I, I question the same thing I've questioned for weeks. After if, if every week Cody Rhodes gets taken to the limit by some unknown guy or some guy that's had otherwise no credibility given in the AEW, at what point does it become tired and old? And I just go, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that false finish here. You know, like I, I think Cody should be winning handily against the guys who should be winning handily, and then when he gets unexpectedly taken to the limit, it makes it seem like a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah I felt like this should have been a little more one-sided, but I thought this this match was, I thought of his open open challenge matches. I thought this was the weakest one. Um, and I think it would have benefited from being shorter and more more one sided. Again, I, I don't see Warhorse getting a big push right off the bat. I could see bringing him in, trying him out. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was the worst of the open challenge matches so far. Wow. I mean, what else can can you think of any other that qualify? No. I mean. I guess I, maybe that's the point. I think the hardcore these matches aren't for us necessarily. These are for the indie wrestling heads. 
but that are just hardcore. And AEW thinks that that's their backbone. They think that's the reason they exist. So that's why they're giving these guys these opportunities. At some point, you got to expand beyond that bubble and try to, you know, appeal to mainstream fans as opposed to the guys that are already watching your show. But who are they going to get, though? Who could they get for a one-off that would be bigger than 100,000 followers on Twitter? Well, uh, maybe you, you did Zack Ryder. Um, Zach you know, would have been he, good, but the he, surprise he, after, yeah. I mean, I thought the the surprise was kind of a, it was kind of like a fart in church with the way he came out, you know, with the dark order of all, and and we'll get to, we'll we'll get to that. But at least, and you could have done a time limit draw or something, so you don't beat Zach right off the bat. And at least, you know, at at least it's something that gets people who watch WWE from back in the day, um, you know, interested. And maybe you don't need to do this open challenge every week, you know, maybe yeah. have it every other week. So it, there have been some weeks they didn't do it. So anyway, I do idea. agree. It, it's great. It, it was great to see, you know, you know, going right into after the match. It's great to see the debut of, of Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder. Uh, but I agree, Raj. It was kind of like he just he just kind of randomly walked out of the tunnel and you know, to no pomp and circumstance and uh, who is that, that that's I, I don't i don't recognize that's 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 matt's cardona you know <laughs> as if everybody knows who matt cardona is the guy who's been you know matt cardona sounds like a dude off the street as does zach Ryder. so it's like you, you assume everybody know you know i would have you know i wish they would have said something like that's that's a guy from long island that, that's that's you know that's the z that's the broski is here the broski <laughs> say something that is a somewhat loosely so without getting jerry mcdivitt suing your ass say something that's got some affiliation to what everybody's known him as for the last 13 years right that's gonna be tough with rusev too if he goes there yeah came you in the 94 in the chat was pointing out they could have brought in steven amell uh david arquette would be a good one like they could bring in some semi-retired guys maybe you want to have a, another match or do something um i think that the godfather probably better for, you know yeah. just you, you could get creative there Something. Doink, doink. Somebody can play doink. <laughs> Somebody might, can play that. Doink. Might be tougher. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know the amount of illegal doinks I've seen at indie wrestling uh, around this really? country. They, 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 WWE does not have enough time of the day to sue every doink and do a cease and desist of every doink. A- a- AEW, yeah. they'd find the time. <laughs> uh, Swaggle, Swaggle can make an appearance. Swaggle. Actually, that, that 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 match would surprise people. I think they could. Cody and Swaggle could probably put on a pretty entertaining match. Yeah, but should they? <laughs> you know. I don't know, I, but you know what? Here's the thing: more people would know who he was than Warhorse. Oh yeah, we're just gonna get so much hate for our views on this segment. None of us are marking out for Warhorse the way a very specific pocket of the internet. Hey, Ra- Raj started it. He said he's a poor man's renegade. He started it. <laughs> the heat's on Raj, everybody. Uh, yeah. Arian Gomez, two dollars. Said he was so bored with Cody and his token title reign. Uh, and the chat room thinks that uh, Miro or Rusev is the guy to, to uh, take it off of him. I think uh, that's what I tweeted. That's who I think. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, James Potts saying bring in Nick Aldis. Soundshop Fox saying bring in Enzo. Enzo is probably. Mm, stars fallen, but that's probably one of the bigger names they could get for a one-off right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. They gotta, they gotta do something. But at the same time, Big Cass. I mean, if you're, how, have you heard anything about how Cass is doing? Uh, no, no. Yeah. I, I talked to him literally. It was like the a day before that whole incident happened, and we were supposed to talk like a few days later, and wow. he just canceled out, and I haven't heard from him since. But um, the other issue is, and then we'll move on. But this is sort of like the blue pants situation 
It's like, why did NXT have Leva as blue pants and give her those opportunities over other women in the locker room? So AEW has this talent they're not using. Why are they bringing in Warhorse? Would that time have been better spent building a talent they have under contract who's not getting TV time currently? Yeah. Yeah, it's like I would buy that. I would buy that, Glenn, of they're bringing in people uh, that are not under contract that they, that they can lose and, and, and what have you, and so they don't hurt these homegrown guys. But they're having a war, grand war horse lose, but he comes in and again, he takes Cody to the limit. Like, it, it, I would see them bringing in some guys for Cody to kind of not squash, but you know, beat in like less than eight minutes right um so you protect the guys under contract yeah but they're 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 just they're just handing out offense to everybody (laughs) um so real quick uh, jonathan prado with the uh saying glad dark order didn't didn't win but Paige and kenny need to split uh they're two uh needed main eventers and respect to uno's weight loss Uh, we brought that up on twitter he looked almost the same size as Stu grayson but we'll, we'll get to that so after this match, when Cody got yeah, Warhorse to tap out via submission, uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds came in and attacked. Uh, and then Matt Cardona came out to make the save and uh, yelled at the camera, I'm here, checked on Cody after. And uh, yeah, he's going to make his in-ring debut. He looked former great. Zack Ryder. He does. He looks, oh, he's always looks great. Fantastic. He looked jacked. And, yeah. and, and that's one of these uh, the things with the Dark Order, which I can't, they're supposed to be this... Uh, evil cult and those guys are tiny you saw Zack Ryder with both of them just he, he looked like he was bigger than both combined so yeah he looks yeah. Great. I mean this I'll tell you what's also exciting too uh, is we know how creative I gotta get used to calling him Matt Cardona we know how creative he is uh, and you know and he was kind of uh, ahead of his time with a wrestler doing you know doing a web series and, and stuff like that so it is it is exciting to think you know if he pick back up doing some things like that under AEW if, he, if he's on being the elite. I mean, I know the whole point of the Z True Long Island story was kind of like to get himself over because he wasn't getting anything in WWE and, you know, he's obviously not going to be treated like that in AEW, but I'd be curious to see like what kind of creative things he um, uh, he's able to try to do under AEW. I almost thought that would have been a better way to introduce him, is having him do some sort of video like the Z True true long whatever that was called uh but you know something along those lines where all of a sudden you're like oh whoa and have to do something creative and uh and i thought that would have been a cool way for him to be introduced we just we just hate everything we're just grumpy old men at this point we'll wait till uh mjf (laughs) (laughs) that kid i like everything else i hate but that kid that kid's got moxie there were there were some good there were some good things in the show. For what it's worth, I absolutely think AEW is going to beat NXT in the viewership. Oh yeah, I think I, I tweeted that the first hour is going to crush them. I could see AEW going down the second hour. It depends on how much the the drawing power of Moxley is. Um, but uh, I think AEW will win the whole show. But uh, I think they'll start off strong in the first hour and drop in the second. Well, uh, so in two weeks, Chris Jericho cut a promo talking to Tony Schiavone saying that in two weeks, he's going to have a rematch between him and orange Cassidy. And next week they're going to have a debate with a special guest moderator. Uh, Sammy Guevara called Matt Hardy and SOB said he's not finished with him. So uh, to be continued there. And then we saw a look at FTR signing their contracts with AEW. I guess no longer on a handshake deal or a verbal agreement. They brought in Arn Anderson as their advisor to look things over. Um, and uh, hangman page rolled in with some whiskey to help them celebrate their signing with AEW. So, uh, what do you think? Uh, all out is when they're going to get that title shot, perhaps. I guess that's the next big event, right? So that would be a month um, away. Yeah, be fitting. Yeah, I'd like to see uh, FTR 
beat Paige and Omega. Paige turns on Omega, and Paige, FTR, and Cody start a new horseman-like group with Arn Anderson. Don't call him the Horseman, but you know something else. Raj, what do you think? Raj, what do you think? What, what do you think the point of this was? So for the last however, what has been a month, six weeks that FTR has been officially in AEW, at least appearing on AEW TV. They've been like sticking to their story. They're saying it on Cornette's podcast, saying it to anybody that would they ask said it them. To us. Said it to us. Uh, right, exactly. God, <laughs> said it to us. What, they, you know, sticking to the story. We're on a handshake deal. We're weighing our options. And then all of a sudden we get this segment of now they're under con- Like, was this segment a reaction to like what's been buzzing on the internet? Or like what like what was the point of doubling down for these last few weeks of saying, no, no, we're not we're not boggled down anywhere right now? Well, they got the uh, provisions in, right? So I guess maybe that's something. They're hosting that event in two weeks. Um, what was that called? The Tag Team Appreciation Night. Oh, that's right. Uh, so, I mean, it does seem like a lot of kayfabe for, for that step. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess there wasn't really that giant payoff. But, I mean, this is – it's something. Yeah, I don't know. It's just – I was, as I kept saying, we're on a handshake deal. We're on a handshake deal. I was like, I, I, you know, I don't believe that. I just oh, I yeah. don't. I refuse to believe that. Right. Uh, no. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so after that, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega defend their AEW World Tag Team Championship titles against Evil Uno and Grayson from the Dark Order, with uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega retaining via pinfall. Uno looked in good shape. He, he's mm-hmm. lost a ton of weight. Yeah, Uno's, Uno's getting it together. Yeah. I'd rather him and Grayson just be a two-man tag team, get rid of the rest of the Dark Order. I think the bunch of dorks just brings everybody down, especially Brody Lee. Uh, Brody Lee came in at the end. Um, what, what happened? He, he started talking smack, and then a brawl hey, came. And... Well, he, he was mad that, that Uno and Grayson lost. He basically like smacked and abused them, and then... I think he cut a promo right after that. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, this match was actually pretty good. It was a pretty entertaining um, tag team match for what it's worth. Uh, yeah, I think it was yeah, yeah. fun. Um, I was interested. Brody Lee out there pacing around. Colt Cabana on commentary. Anna J out there. So are Colt and Anna J now in the Dark Order? Well, they asked Colt actually point blank on commentary. They said, "Are you in the Dark Order?" And he said, "Now I'm just hanging out, weighing my options, or something to that effect." So, it, but it's like two different factions because Colt, Anna J, and Brody Lee don't look like they should be hanging with Evil Uno and the dudes in masks. Well, they're the cool kids, and then they have like the, the then they have like the hanger oners, the the, the putty the, the putties patrol guys. Um, yeah. Isn't it weird? Evil Uno was once like he once came off as like he was the big leader of this big cult, and now he's just like another dude that's just getting. He's a lieutenant. Uh, he's a lieutenant. Yeah. He's the assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you got to drop the guys in the masks. I mean, keep Uno, but drop the rest. You have Cabana in there, Anna J, Brody Lee. I think it's way more effective with that. As, as soon as you have all the the. the the job guys in masks, it just brings the whole thing down. I think but the job guys I, I just think you could do way more with Brody Lee than, uh, yeah. than the Dark Order. I think he's being wasted here. Letting those soulful eyes go to waste. Yeah. Uh, so. By the way, Kenny and Paige, though, they, uh, they look good. And so I do like the, the, I do like the slow storytelling, and I, I do hope that the turn does happen sooner than later, though, because feel like both Paige and Omega could be used uh, at the top as singles. And uh, the Young Bucks came in, broke up all the minions. 
after that. And uh, Britt Baker in her cart singing Ringside with Reba got on the mic, talked about Big Swole. She says she knows that Swole is obsessed with her and that uh, Swole wants to get her hands on her. And Baker says if Swole can get a shot at her in the ring down the road, if she defeats an opponent of Baker's choice, uh, Diamante says she's been busting her ass in the knees for years, but went over Sheeta will shoot her at the top of the rankings. And uh, then we had Ikara Shida versus Diamante in a non-title match. And Ikara Shida winning pretty easily via pinfall. You know, um, yeah, I mean, a quick match. It was what it was. Britt, Brit, as always, she's she's on the money with the stuff right now. It's just AEW's women's division. You know, Yoshida's a champion, but she's at best the fourth most interesting thing they have going on the women. I mean, Britt, they're number one. You have you know, Swole. You know, this thing with Swole was entertaining, and Nyla. Hell, even even Abaddon, who we haven't seen in weeks. I'm still I'm still more interested to see more of her. She was on Dark last night, apparently. Okay, what did she say? I don't. It's so I know. I, I didn't see. Darks, it. So yeah, but like I, you know, they. I, I'm sorry to to all the Sheeta fans, and then she's got a great record. I saw the record tonight. She's like 14 and one. So that's a really great record. But I, I just I'm like, she's again at best the fourth most interesting thing that they and with the women that they put out there. And I obviously you know, what, what's your ranking of the most interesting thing with the women? It goes Abaddon, Britt Baker. No, no. Well, you know, Britt's number one for me. But it's like, but it's like you know they got they got sidetracked with Britt because obviously her getting injured. But they've still managed to do a great job of keeping her. If anything, she's thriving even more being injured. I agree. Uh, doing this shtick. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I they they need to get her back to they need to get her healthy and and I, they need to get regain some control here. I suppose hopefully she'll be back by all out. So that's a month away. And uh, yeah, I agree with you, Justin. I think she's been the, the star performer of the women on that show, just as far as personality, charisma, uh, her promos. Um, Elise, I'd like. I, I, hopefully, oh, yeah. she can keep her um, issues under control that she's had with other promotions. Because I think this is a good time for her to shine. Um, as Justin mentioned, Big Swole also, and uh, yeah, I agree. Nyla Rose, they're I, I'd, I'd put them more interesting as characters right now than Sheeta. Well, so they announced the rules for the AEW Women's Tag Team Cup tournament. Is that going to be on Dynamite, or is that going to be a dark thing? Sound like it's a YouTube thing. <sighs> That's the... yep. Glenn, we lost you. Um, I think <laughs> I think it's a it's a dark thing, isn't it? I, I I assumed it was dynamite, but uh, I could I be know. wrong. Um, I don't know if they, I don't know if they have the, I don't know if they, have the, I don't know if they have the depth that they want to go roll that on dynamite each week. Yeah. So um, Cameron showed up in a, in a backstage segment, former uh, Funkadactyl, and said that she will be teaming with Nyla Rose in the tournament. Uh, yeah, it's going to be on YouTube. It's it's Monday at seven Eastern on AEW's YouTube channel. So I, mean, I don't hate that. I mean, it gives another destination for their, you know, those platforms. I and I, it's crazy that you know I had, I forgot about her, Cameron. I think they called her our Ariane. Is that her real name? Um, super nice person, but I can't. I have a hard time seeing her sometimes. About I can't get the thing. Do you remember her on Tough Enough? Yeah, with Stone Cold. With, uh, and Stone Cold, all the women like give me the match that like inspired you, and she is yeah like Melina versus somebody from like two years earlier, and Austin's like really you couldn't you couldn't pull out Trish Alita or Mickey James or China. I just started watching like a year ago. Right. Yeah, that's that's probably the most famous moment in that show's history. <laughs> so, um, 
but that was awesome. But uh, you know, at least it, it it adds a little depth. So and and mm-hmm. it's a nice little surprise. So yeah. it says the tournament will begin this Monday at seven Eastern. Someone's saying the drawing is on the tournament. Um, I mean, is on is on Monday, and then the actual match is on Dynamite. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll look into that, and, and we'll see. Um, all right, still haven't got Glenn back, so let me pull up these results here. Um, sorry, go, go ahead and uh, let me see. All right, here yeah. we go. Sorry, guys, bear with us for a second. I'm glad, see, I'm glad to see Vicky next to Nyla Rose. I like that. I like that pairing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Vicky. I, I do think I do think there are probably people that could use a, a mouthpiece like Vicky more than Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose can already cut a promo. Um, but, you know, it, it gives her something. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so we had Hikaru Ushida uh, get the win. Up next... Uh, we had MJF come out. He came to the ring. It was a very topical segment. He gave a state of the industry address. He said that the marks know how dumb they are and gave a speech. Mentioned his hashtag MJF2020 and not my champion. He said there's a reason why he's not given the spotlight for two weeks in a row. And that's because a certain someone doesn't want the spotlight taken from him. He said there needs to be a change. One man in particular called for a paradigm shift. He said that AEW has gone from a revolution to a dictatorship because a guy like Moxley can do whatever he wants and face whoever he wants. Uh, he made a a dig about people coming in from WWE and taking the top spots. He said wrestling has gone downhill as wrestlers come out and flip-flop and fly until they die. Fans are now brainwashed that those things are what makes a good professional wrestler. And he says he doesn't have to play wrestler though because he's undefeated he talks about ratings how he actually draws better minute by minute than john moxley uh he just kept going on and on he said the old guard has hurt societies in the past and that's what happening is what's happening with moxley he said he'll be leading aew for the next 25 years he bleeds black white and gold and he said aew needs to transform himself into the pinnacle of professional wrestling and he challenged moxley to a title match at all out I'm waiting. <laughs> AEW's love to talk about ratings. <laughs> I am waiting for it to become standard procedure that when a wrestler comes out, the lower third graphic comes out with their name, their record, <laughs> and what their best rating has ever been for a quarter hour. The second. average rating during their the average rating. <laughs> <laughs> I have never, I have never heard minute to minute ratings mentioned uh, during a wrestling show. I mean, maybe Russo flew off the handle one day back in a WCW promo and said something about a minute to minute, but that, that it leave me twenty <laughs> years ago that happened. But yeah, uh, no, this is a great promo. This is, I mean, this, I mean, he, you know, this is nothing new. MJF is, um, you know, super comfortable in his skin. He is the, you know, he he is the, uh, he's he's what Baron Corbin is in a lot of ways in WWE, which is he he he's that guy that he he's able to escape the cool heel. Um, box he, he he's he's just he escapes the cool heel box like you really want to you really want to hate him but like he still does get credit for being a good heel where like a baron corbin still gets the oh we, we, he's the go away heat or whatever um but yeah i mean mjf he's consistently one of the best things they have and then of course you have the factor of wardlow it's like you, know, you just they kind of tease it a few weeks ago and they've pulled back off of any you know you're inevitably getting the the, the, the sean diesel treatment there 
Um, yeah, but this is good. You know, I, I, this was a, this was yeah, this was probably the the, the peak high point, and 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 uh, promo was entertaining. Yeah, I thought I thought he was fantastic. I think this is what wrestling is missing a lot: is the good promos, strong characters, and uh, that's becoming a lost art. You're having a lot of people who are just working on their moves and their dives and the, and but not on their promos and, and character ability. And I was just thinking, like, when I was watching MJF, which of the young stars right now could go out and control a 10- or 15-minute promo segment like that and just and just kill it? Like, uh, yeah. just from top to bottom, no nervousness, looking the part, playing the part, uh, just deliver an entertaining promo. I can't think of anyone that could do it as well as MJF. I'm sure there's a few guys out there, uh, like maybe an Adam Cole, uh, but... It's no one as good as MJF that I can think of. Yeah, and you know, little things you can tell that AEW trusts. You know, they you know, so often MJF is coming out and they cut the commercial, and uh, and that's a compliment in the rest of the world. If you're coming out and they cut, and if you're coming out and they cut the commercial and they say this guy's coming up next for a promo for a match, that that's that's the company saying they have faith that you can hold the audience on. And you know, with AEW doing the picture in picture, they leave it on for MJF because. Even with no sound, <laughs> he's he can be so entertaining, just going around and literally he'll just work. He'll just work the, the entire ringside arena area, just going around one by one, essentially with no sound, just mute, roasting people with with his you know with his body language and, and what have you. And that's a powerful thing. That, that may seem easy, but to do that for an entire three minute commercial break, um, that's a long three minutes if you are out there having to do it. And he does it well. So, yeah, you know. I, I could make a case to see that this is the guy that takes the title off Moxley with some inadvertent or or what have you assist from Wardlow, and then the you know the the, the pot starts to get the, the water starts to boil more and more of you know well who was the guy that really got you that world title? Um, I could definitely see that happening. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. I actually I'd be in favor of that because MJF he's kind of. A homegrown star in a lot of ways. He, uh, you know, was just never, uh, never on WWE TV. And yeah, you, you kind of keep the MJF Wardlow thing going, the kind of like the Sean and Diesel thing, keep it going for a while uh, until the eventual split. But uh, I, I agree. I, I think MJF winning the title would, I mean, would probably be a, a good thing. Yeah. And then you got guys like Hangman Page or Kenny Omega, you know, what have you, uh, waiting in the wings. So uh, could be, yeah, could be really good. So next week, as, as we mentioned, Jericho is going to debate Orange Cassidy with a special guest moderator. Cody and Matt Cardona are going to wrestle John Silver and Alex Reynolds. It's going to be an MJF update. And FTR, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page, and Kenny Omega versus the Dark Order in a 12-man tag match. Good Lord. Okay. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what we're saying. I'm sure the match will actually be really good, but let's count the number of actual tags that happen. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, could you imagine JR is going to going to get salty. I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, we had the main event: John Moxley and Darby Allen versus Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Uh, it's a no DQ tornado tag team match. Uh, before the match, Taz cut a promo saying Darby Allen's not here after the attack last week. Uh, there were reports that Darby Allen had suffered a concussion. Apparently, he's fine. Um, so Taz then hyped up Brian Cage for a bit, took advice from our podcast, apparently, where he stood behind Cage as, in, as opposed to in front. 
Uh, Starks took the mic and taunted Moxley. Starks cut a, a really good promo, and Starks is another one who uh, gave him a little bit of time. He, I could see him up there uh, as far as the promo ability and, and being a character. Uh, finally, as Cage and Stark started heading out, Darby Allen left off the stage and hit him with a coffin drop, so he's there. And then we went to the match. Uh, kind of what you would expect uh, is back and forth. You had... Uh, there was a spot where Cage was going to do a buckle bomb on Darby in the corner, and then John Moxley ran into the corner to block it. Basically, caught uh, caught Allen. Uh, they used thumbtacks, which I've seen a lot of thumbtacks this month. Uh, hopefully, they put those away for a while. Uh, less is more sometimes. Uh, the finish of the match saw so Moxley with an armbar in Cage. Uh, Darby Allen left off the top rope, double stomped the thumbtacks on Stark's back who started instantly bleeding, got the cover, and one, two, three, Darby Allen and John Moxley win by a pinfall. Uh, yeah, yeah, going real quick back to the promo, I thought Starks really sounded sounded solid in this. Um, I kind of like kind of like what I'm getting off of him. Um, you know, I'll be honest, at first I wasn't... At first I was like, as, as the promo was happening, the whole thing, I was like, it's kind of weird they're doing this right behind, right in the, the, the gorilla position, right there on the other side of the tunnel, where they're screaming at the camera about Moxley. Meanwhile, we know Moxley's right behind them in the ring. Um, but I will say, once it all played out, I liked it. I liked the fact that, because you're right, you know, there was questions about Darby's health. And so I liked that they were playing into that yeah. and making you actually believe, okay, they're going to have Mox in this handicap kind of situation. Uh, and then, yeah, they come right out and then Mox or uh, Darby jumps. So I liked it. I thought the whole thing, I was, I was critical as it was going on. I'm like, why are they cutting the promo right here? But then when I saw why, and they, they had to cut the promo there so they could then come out and be uh, ambushed. I thought that was a good start. And, yeah, I mean, this, this is one. Okay, so I'm told it's a tornado tag. So I'm expecting it to be chaos everywhere. Right. It was. Um, the finish, brutal. Skateboard with thumbtacks to the back. I mean, uh, I've, I've had, I did a thumbtack spot once. I'll never do it again. Um, they are... There, there is no such. There is no. There is no working thumbtack spot. It, it, they're, 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 they're in you. <laughs> that's, that's, there's no way around that. Um, uh, yeah, pretty. And then they announce uh, Darby's gonna take take on Moxley next week. He's got a t- he's got a title match, which I I don't know what his record is, but I, he's got a title match. Yeah. So after the match, Allen's looking at Moxley and pointing at him, and then Tony uh, on commentary they said Tony Khan signed. Moxley defending his title against Allen next week, and they faced off in the middle of the ring as the show ended. Um, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a good match and everything. Unless they do a time limit draw, I don't think you should be beating Darby Allen right right now either. He just got back, uh, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. This is... um... I agree. It's WWE relies too often on screwy finishes, and AEW could use a few screw finishes to get to get them out of situations. Um, right. So we'll see. But uh, but no, I thought this was you know overall this wasn't bad. Um, again, I, I think AEW without I know we'll get to NXT in a second. I think AEW is going to beat NXT. I think there's no way around that. Oh yeah, yeah I think there's some uh, people guesstimating here. Donald Lanzi saying AEW seven thirty, NXT six ten. Hmm. I, w- I would think AEW is going to be higher. Uh, but that's, I would think, probably high sevens, um, but probably about right for NXT or maybe slightly higher for NXT. I think AEW will be down a little from last week, but uh, we'll still win comfortably, both in total viewers in 18 to 49. I'll say AEW 
766 to NXT's 660. I'm going to say AEW 780 to NXT's uh, 620. And I'll raise you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll call. I'll call your. I'll call your. Uh, your, your I'll see your, your 780. Oh yeah, I'll call your auntie and raise you another buck. <laughs> So uh, while I was gone, I'm assuming you guys spent the entire time talking about your excitement that Cameron Arian Andrews is going to be Nyla Rose's tag partner. We did. Funkadactyl, baby. Dude, okay, so th- that's my point. The reason why I'm down in AEW is the women's stuff is an afterthought, and it's just it's it's kind of insulting as a company how poorly they're overlooking and mismanaging their women's division, given what NXT has going on right now. Yeah. AEW also, I mean, I, I do, I feel a little bit for them in general. Like, again, outside of the, uh, you know, outside of Britt and Nyla and, and a few that they're really building around, AEW, uh, the, WWE went around and scooped up a lot of female talent uh, between the, the between the brands here in the U.S., between NXT UK, and, and I know of several uh, females who signed to, uh, signed to WWE in the last couple of years since AEW became an announced thing, and you know, those females signed to WWE and they kind of knew that, like, you know, I might have more of a range. There might be more potential possibilities for me to climb the ladder quickly in AEW. But, you know, before AEW has ever done a Dynamite episode, you don't know, is this thing going to be for real? Is this thing going to last? And I know that now seems foolish for me to say because they've had the success they've had, but you got to remember what it was like two years ago, just not knowing. Um, and, and, you know, and the you know, ladies needed... They wanted the guaranteed money. They wanted the, the security of having a job now. So, I mean, unfortunately, there's many ladies st- even still in the WWE system that aren't being used uh, because there's only so many minutes in, in the week. Um, but, you know, they, WWE, WWE has hoarded a lot of talent, uh, men and women, but, but you know, especially the women. So AEW's having to pick and, and, and bring in talent for the women's division that, you know, have talent and potential, but maybe they just don't have TV experience. And- well, this is not me trolling. This isn't me being funny. Matt Morgan would say, I'm just saying this to, to be clever. Um, I think Alicia Fox would be a huge asset to AEW's women's division as someone who's got TV talent and in-ring ability right now. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they, they should bring her on. Emma would be great. Uh, there's a lot of women they could bring in. And Deanna Parazzo would have well. been great. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to your point earlier, Kevin Irving is saying there's been 129 oh AEW singles matches, uh, 17 three-on-three, uh, three, 69 two-on-two. Two. Um, Somebody write this down. Save this. I, gotta, I need now, this. Now, Kevin, how, how many of those are on Dynamite? And uh, I think what Justin's point was earlier was big matches, like your, your big stars, like Jericho, because a lot of these are Brian Cage winning a squash or Brody Lee winning a squash. or, um, But... Uh, yeah, Kevin, I should, is... pay, I should pay you 10 bucks. How the hell? Did, I made that request like <laughs> no more than 20 minutes ago. How the hell did you do that that fast? That's pretty impressive. Raj, hire this guy for I research. know. We, gotta, we might have a stats guy. Can, Seriously. Uh, be correcting us as we're going along. Remember, um, remember, asked... remember, remember that segment that uh, they used to do at Pardon the Interruption? Where they would go to, they would go to the, uh, they would go to the at the very end. Okay, where were we wrong? And they would have uh, Tony Reale give them all the, all the correct stats that they, they blundered. <laughs> Uh, Nyla is boring with a $5 super chat asking if I light my cigars with $100 bills and I'm too busy using those as toilet paper All right, (laughs) and then you pay someone to wash it off after because it's still money it's still still spending keep one of those for yourself wasn't that an episode of the Simpsons where he did something like that where he was lighting 
he was lighting. Yeah, there was an episode of Simpsons where Homer was lighting his cigars with hundred dollar bills. I mean, I might do it and then blow it out quickly because I'm yeah. gonna be like the hundred's still good. I just wanted to say yeah. I did it. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe with a one. <laughs> and even then, it's like I don't know, man. That dollar, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so uh, MJF's promo I thought was the high point of AEW tonight. Uh, it, it was an okay show, but yeah, it just kind of main event was good. I would go as far to say as MJF's promo, along with the carrying cross stuff with Keith Lee last week, is the best stuff on all of wrestling this month. Hmm. Steve Marcuccioli, two ninety nine. Where is Tessa Blanchard? A better fit, WWE or AEW? You're not going to see her in AEW. You're just not. Uh, I I just don't. I don't think that they're. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, she, she's done a lot of inner, you know, she's done the intergender stuff. I don't think Tony Khan's a big fan of that stuff. Um, we can just stop there, but I don't, I mean, I, but I also don't think that, I don't think you're going to see WWE jumping to grab her right now. I just don't. I think given everything they went through with talents that were st- uh, like, I don't have another way to put it, like opinionated, uh, uh, somewhat um, autonomous, right? I mean, like Enzo. Uh, creative guys like Leo Rush that would butt heads and be outspoken. I think that Tessa, even WWE, might have pause about signing someone who has that much of uh, well, yeah. their own thing going on. I mean, take a look at it. And look, and mind you, and this is not this is just me just giving give an opinion based upon what we know here. Or, uh, like Tessa, um, she is good in the ring. She is a good women's wrestler. Uh, she, from a, just a shallow visual point, she is she's she's very very pretty so like she like she she has the name the, 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 she has the pedigree that's a lot of really good boxes to check but this also is a talent who she worked a may young classic correct raj mm-hmm. worked may young classic she was a major stunt double in a major hollywood film produced by the rock uh, and she and she still did not get signed to a long-term deal zelena vega was also in the stunt double zelena vega got signed you're in a major Hollywood film that The Rock's doing, and you don't get signed by WWE. What does that tell you? That to me tells me that this is, has nothing to do with the boxes she checks for a performer on the air. That's, that's something that tells me that there's something behind the curtain that just wasn't jiving. That that that, that all the context clues. That's how I take it. You know, Cody was asked about that uh, in an interview with ESPN today. He was asked about the uh, possibility of Tessa. Uh, signing with AEW, Cody said, I don't know uh, a lot about the current situation with her on Impact. Tully, her father, is in AEW, but that's more Kenny Omega, Brandy, and Tony carving out the growing and evolving women's division, and they'd have more of a beat on that. She was a part of All In for us, and anyone who has a part of uh, who was a part of All In has a place in my heart. And on a personal level, he always welcomes second and third generation wrestlers to have the best experience. He said that she has a lot, a lot of talent. I'm sure it's something Kenny, Brandy, and Tony have discussed. So he's not poo-pooing that idea. Um, And to your point, you know, with WWE, you know, they have hired people later uh, that they didn't give a look at. Um, But if if both would hire her, where do you think she'd make more of an impact? And I think AEW, just because of how shallow their women's division is. She yeah. can just take that thing over right off the bat. Smaller pond for sure. And, and look, I'm th- this. And then again, I don't want th- that to be missed. I don't, 
I'm not rooting against her. Right. I, I hope whatever, if there is anything behind the curtain, I hope that, you know, that, I mean, that stuff, you know, performers grow and, and things change and what have you. I would love to see her have success at either WWE or AEW. And, and, but right now I just, AEW, I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. Um, and, and just the whole, you're the, you're, you are the impact world. Cha- you're, you're holding the title. That is the, the men's title. And, and a very bold storyline, and you're, they're coming up on this big show, Slamversary. They and they cut you and strip you of the title three, yeah. two, two, three weeks before. That just that just that there's just so many flags that it's like you just want answers to questions. Buddy Barlow with the super chat. Is that true, Raj? Tessa wanted 150k to give the title back. I don't think so. No, probably not. Uh, Doom Tribe T. Good point. Leo Rush would be a great guy to beat Cody as well. Leo Rush, like you'd have six. Six digits of people, 100,000 people would think it was a big deal if Leo Rush showed up to challenge Cody. That would be a much bigger deal than War Horse. It'd be a good surprise, yeah. Every month that goes on, the star dies, but I back to Enzo. Enzo would, would, would get, I think, would get some people talking. Oh, yeah. He, he'd be trending on Twitter, you know, if he was on there. So, uh, Michael Edwards asking, if there was a Wednesday Night War event where NXT versus AEW rosters faced off, what matchups would you want to see? Also, hashtag hire Kevin. <laughs> None, really. I mean, uh, as far as star power, I'd want to see AEW versus the WWE main roster guys as opposed to most of the NXT guys. You know, like Jericho versus Keith Lee does not sound like a big match. Or maybe Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega. But, you know, there's not not many. Yeah. So let's talk about the NXT. Tonight, opening with Io Shirai and Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae. Intense match went on for a bit with Io and Tegan picking up the win tonight. Um, what'd you think of this, Justin? It's good. And I honestly, side by side to what we said, what, or what I said, I think went off the rails after the entrances. Uh, I thought this was a better match side by side. It didn't have as many bodies, didn't have as many people in it as AEW's opener did. But I, I thought this was a really good match. Just so. Um, Again, to the people that check out this podcast for advice of what to, to go see uh, on their spare time, definitely watch this match. It's Yeah, it, 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 was, it was good. Um, I think Io Shirai was hurt by not beating Charlotte Flair. I feel like, hmm. you know, not having that that win and, and at least Charlotte chasing her for a little bit to kind of establish EO. Cause usually you have that with, with the previous champion, the new guy beats him, then beats him in a rematch or gal. And you didn't have that with EO. So I feel like it's, it's taken a little time for her to feel like a, a big star, uh, you know, as, as compared to the other uh, women on the roster, like you usually happen when someone wins the title. So, um, that's my only thing. EO's super talented. You know, the women in this match are super talented, but I do, I do think EO's star power was hurt by not getting the, that big win. Yeah, she didn't look necessarily that much bigger. I think uh, what's going on with Tegan and Dakota is still really interesting. I think Candice really stands out. I think EO needs some more dominant matches where they just show what a badass she is and uh, give her a little more steam and some more wins. Yeah. Some yeah. more meaningful wins. Um, Man, I know they won't do it, but man, I would love to see Asuka come back to NXT and challenge EO and lose to EO. They would never do that in a million years. But I think that... Uh, they had Sasha lose to her. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I think that would be a hell of a matchup. But I think this was NXT showing what they do best, and I think this was a really, really hot opening um, compared to NXT, or compared to AEW, rather, which just seemed like throwing everything in a wall and seeing what sticks. Um, I do think AEW will have a huge victory in that first quarter, just having the amount of guys that they had in that match, plus Jericho, you know. Yeah, again, NXT... AEW again, the pace was better. NXT had some good matches, and then there was a real highlight with the Keith Lee stuff and, and Cross and Scarlett, which we'll get to. But NXT did not have a must see feel to it. You know, again, I, there's a lot of things I've just critiqued about AEW, but I will I'll just say this: AEW again had my, even if it was something I was critiquing, it had my attention. Right. NXT just felt a little bit more formula. I don't want to say going through the motions, but I guess that's kind of what it was. It's just easier to watch the AEW presentation of everything. Yeah. It's- how it looks, uh, how it flows. We saw the uh, Adam Cole and Pat McAfee recap. Yeah, so if anyone was wondering if it was a shoot. Jeez, you think? Yeah. A lot of people thought it was a shoot. And uh, even uh, even when I brought it up, you know, the past <sighs> Monday night, there were a bunch of people in the chat who were who were so dumb. up and down. Like the, but it's the thing. It's like, I like to think it was a shoot because as a work, this was so dumb. I don't think it's dumb. Um, really? We'll have to see where it goes. I'm sure it's going somewhere. Uh, whether it's Pat McAfee, I don't know if he's he'll be wrestling like in a tag match at TakeOver or he's in like a team's corner against the Undisputed Era. I mean, you could easily do the Undisputed Era against Pat McAfee and three other guys where Pat only needs to know a few spots, you know. Um, and, you know, it would get some buzz and it'd be something different. But I'm what sure it's that? going somewhere. And as far as execution, I thought it's better done than most of the angles on WWE TV. And Pat's, least... done, and Pat's done some uh, pro wrestling training. Right. Oh. Well, there you go. Do you think, do you think he would have the punt in his repertoire, given mm-hmm. his past as a kicker? He's a a dude's from right here in Pittsburgh, man. He is a... He's an entertainment juggernaut. Like I, I, like, I mean, he's already loosely affiliated with WWE. He's on the pre-show stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, he... Uh, I, I, this is a, I don't think this is a bad move. Pat Pat reaches a demographic. Talk, getting back at the ratings and demo and, and eighteen to forty nine. Pat reaches. You know he was formerly on Barstool Sports before doing what he's doing mm-hmm. now. Oh, I know. He reaches a demo that uh, WWE would be wise to to, to, well, to capture to capture he, to make think. Hey, look, our product's pretty cool. Pat McAfee's involved with us. He's no Rob Gronkowski. I mean, let's be <laughs> let's be real. That is yeah. Gronk well, here's the cool. thing though. Here's the thing. Gronk. Uh, Gronk obviously still has his heart in playing football. Uh, I know Pat. I, I talk to Pat. Pat is Pat has no issue. He has no plan to go back to the football field. He is happy. He is happy sitting on the money he's made, podcasting, doing his thing. So with Gronk, it's like you know he's he, his heart's still there to go play and make some more money playing and win. You know what this kind of reminds me of is that uh, Lawrence Taylor Bam Bam Bigelow angle. You remember that? Where Bam Bam, he shoved Lawrence Taylor, and then later he had to apologize. Bam Bam didn't actually do it; he was claiming he had audio difficulties or whatever. And then it kind of had a kind of a similar kind of kind of build. So, just oh, I'd love I'd love to see Salt and Pepper uh, <laughs> thing, Pat McAfee in the ring, Mongo in his corner, yeah. uh, Sumed B saying MJF stole the night with his promo. His promo level is giving me punk vibes. He's also with the hashtag hire hire Kevin. Uh, yeah, Kevin, send us a DM. <laughs> and then, oh no, I lost the other. Uh, real quick, off topic, uh, Jackson Collins saying he hopes they do something with uh, uh, Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona. He wished for a more clever debut, but good for him. Uh, he's interested. 
uh, Markish with the hashtag Harry Kevin asking liquor of choice, uh, Macallan 12 or uh, white wine. Yeah, there we go. There you go. All right. Um, That's so all your super chat money is going to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, the chat room disagreeing with me about the Pat McAfee thing. McAfee? McAfee? McAfee. McAfee. Agreeing with, disagreeing with me more than they do usual on uh, some other controversial what are they saying? stances. Well, no, people are like, oh, Pat's got a big file. I know Pat's fo- I buy ads on Pat's podcast. I know exactly what Pat McAfee is worth. Okay. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, if used, right? Obviously, Gronk wasn't used, right? And he came in at the absolute worst time with the uh, pandemic and everything with no fans at all as opposed to what they got now. So... If used right, it could be something. I could, I could see Triple H doing more with Pat McAfee than what they do on the main roster. Yeah, and I like I like him on the pre shows. I'm just saying, like in terms of like a big moment, I don't know. Maybe it's just, just a more niche audience, you know. But that's the thing. I mean, we've, but we complain about this when WWE chases niche audiences. But he is sort of in the family. Uh, now I don't know. Now if Sam Roberts wants to get in the ring, I'm their front row, wearing a mask. That's where we found in the plexiglass. If they did, if they didn't want to have as much control over Corey Graves and their and his podcast that he does, was it After the Bell? Yeah, um, After the Bell, and bear with us with it, Carmella, which is a delightful podcast. Yeah, um, if, if, if you know, again, it's a WWE thing, so they're they're going to want to sort of my control. But if they would put, if they would let. Again, Corey here in Pittsburgh, Pat, you know, th- th- these are two guys that are friends. They know each other. But Pat, with his charisma and his following, I think that that podcast would be great if it was Corey Graves and Pat McAfee hosting every week. And then, you know, they have guests and have, I, but I think that would do a lot for that WWE produced podcast. Let me tell you on commentary. Yeah, WWE you know, can't afford Pat for their podcast. Like, night and day difference in terms of audience. Pat's audience is much bigger than WWE's. But if they, if they had Pat McAfee on commentary with Corey Graves and just let them and cut the you know cut the reins loose and just let them go and not overproduce them, I bet it'd be entertaining as hell. That's one of those things where you do it and you're like, all right, nobody let Vince find this. Right. <laughs> the moment he finds way, out this is happening, yeah. I, w- I was kidding about the Sam Roberts thing. I really don't want to see Sam Roberts in a wrestling ring. That was sarcasm. Sarcasm. <laughs> Sam Roberts and Keith Lee against Karrion Cross and uh, Paul Rosenberg. Peter Rosenberg? Peter Rosenberg. Peter Actually, Rosenberg, Rosenberg is, is my least favorite of the, the pre-show guys. I, I like him better than Roberts. I but like but Ro- Roberts is, uh, hasn't having to play that heel character, and yeah, it just doesn't work. Peter Peter's all in on the Bobby Heenan. <laughs> He's wearing even the Bobby Heenan jackets. <laughs> yeah, I think Pat is the best on the, the pre-show, followed by Sam, followed by Peter. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but here's my question, though. Adam Cole, done with uh, the NXT titles, maybe going to Raw, maybe going to SmackDown. Like, that, what, what I'm saying, what, it's more a, um, a reflection of, is here's Adam Cole, one of your biggest names in NXT, and this is the angle you're putting him in. Like, to me, this feels like kind of a stalled momentum. Like, you just got out of a championship situation. Undisputed Era is a big question mark. Uh, in a perfect word, Cole, Cole should be going to SmackDown. Doing this thing Ooh, with Pat no, just feels this, a little... I, this is better than going to SmackDown right now. Think so? you, yeah, you get a high-profile angle. It's going to get some buzz. It's going to get some some media play. Um, do, whatever it is he's doing, whether it's a tag match or, or whatever, uh, I think it gives him uh, his most high-profile pri- high encounter yet. And then it, when he goes to Raw or SmackDown, he's got... I think he comes off as more of a star, depending on how it's well, done. I mean, Pat's good, but we can all agree he's no Stephen Amell. 
I, I uh, which say what you will about that. I know a lot of people that that's the last WWE programming they watched was for Stephen Amell's angle with Cody. It didn't make a difference in ratings. That, Nothing that does difference. anymore. Well, Nothing does. Well, it, it does. It, you know, Goldberg did when he came back for a while. Um, yeah. He made a big difference. Um, for a while, Brock Lesnar would. Um, Undertaker I, does. I, I think back with Cole. I think they're. Um, I, I think they're kind of buying time. I think that. I think. I think. I think they have an idea. I think you know. Triple H events. I think they have an idea of what they want Adam Cole to do if he comes to Raw or SmackDown. But I think that that is very much time sensitive in terms of like pieces need to be in place. I think they're kind of buying. I, I think they're they're doing the slow burn of Adam being kicked out or removed from Undisputed Era because I don't think if he goes to Raw or SmackDown, I don't think the other three are coming with him. So I hope not. Um, and and this isn't that's not a dog on the other three. It's just I, I think. They'd be buried right off the bat if they all went together. Yeah. Uh, let me talk about something I thought was delightful. I really enjoyed that Bronson Reed vignette tonight. I'm more interested in Bronson Reed now, having seen that this evening. Mm-hmm. NXT's profiles are really good. They've been doing a lot of profiles on people, and yeah, very, very well done. It feels like right now in these triple threat matches, they're going with the person that's the least over. I know you want to push your new stars, but also you want to get enough veterans in that match so that people care. If it's a bunch of people in that match and, and no one cares, right now, you know, Dexter Loomis and Bronson Reed, it's not exactly a, a marquee matchup that you're talking about so far. Yeah, it is going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. After that, we had Johnny Gargano versus Roderick Strong. Johnny Gargano getting a win here. Um, this is a good, this is a good pro wrestling match, but I don't, I don't remember what was going up against it live. But I, I, I think this was the Cody and Matt Cardona stuff was going. Oh yeah, probably. I just, this is a good pro wrestling match, but as I said earlier, AEW, whether the stuff was really good or really bad, just had a, I gotta see it. I, I just, I was like, you know what, this is, I, I'm watching NXT simultaneously, and I'm like. I'll go back and watch it again if I want to appreciate what's going on. I just it wasn't. I, did, I didn't feel like I had to see it right then, and nothing was going to come out of it that was like, "Damn it, I missed that live." I knew exactly what was going to be happening in this match. I know, I mean, you know, it's going to be good. You know, there's going to be a, you know, uh, so I, I'm, I was kind of the same way, Justin. I wasn't as focused watching it. Um, I, I might watch it later, but um, so I, I can't give. I, from what I was watching, the work was really good, but I couldn't care who care less who won or lost uh, this match. I think I got a little uh, Gargano fatigue right now. Just, he's just been there for so long. He's he's done the heel thing. He's done the babyface thing. I don't know. His it, character just doesn't interest me. You know what's wild too is that when they announced when they first announced at the end of the summer, I think it was twenty sixteen or 20, when they first announced at the end of the summer that they were going to have a two hundred five live show. Gargano was supposed to be one of the centerpieces of it, mm-hmm. and Triple H made a point to kibosh that and keep him with nxt and i always think like man where where would we be if he if he had to go out there and you know replace tjp and be the first 205 live champion 205 live forgotten brand oh my goodness i forget it's on the air often still a thing uh gargano won that match and uh, Dakota Kai backstage cutting a promo talking about Io Shirai and being the number one contender. Rhea Ripley making an appearance with her new hairstyle. And uh, looks like we're setting up a little something between Kai and Rhea 
perhaps in advance to take over. Yeah. Do you think it's going to end up being a triple threat, perhaps? Mm. Maybe. Oh, well, yeah, three weeks. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, they've got so much rebuilding to do with Rhea at this point. Um, we also had Undisputed Era backstage. O'Reilly saying he's tired of the nonsense. Getting hyped up, shoving everyone, reminding them who they are, how they've dominated NXT, declares the Undisputed Era is back in business and walks off. Then we had Shotzi Blackheart versus Mercedes Martinez. Kind of a quick match with Mercedes looking very dominant over Shotzi. Mercedes, um, in the in the women's division, she's the closest thing to a carrying cross, just in the sense of she has this vibe, this mystique mm-hmm. to her, not to the level of cross, but she has this she has this command your attention. Um, which is great, and I'm 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 all I'm all ears, I'm all eyes to see what happens. I started looking in more. I mean, I, I knew who she was. I know that she's been around for a long time, and I but I wanted to actually see. She's gonna be forty later this year, and so that, that, that to me that goes. Wow. You know, I don't want to be ageist here, but I know both Except, of you. Are, I don't want to be ageist. Well, I know I know both of you are over forty, but in the pro wrestling world, it's kind of like forty is normally just about starts to be about the end of the line. So I was like, ah, I did not. I, I knew she'd been around for a while. I did not realize that she you know, it's going to be 40. So I was like, I wonder what the, you know, what, what's her, where she's at in three years. I mean, Shayna's not, I mean, that's Shayna's 38, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Uh, Tammy's saying it's going to be Rhea versus Dakota, Dakota Kai, number one contenders match next week on NXT, which will set up who will face uh, EO at takeover most likely. Um, But yeah, I thought uh, Mercedes looked really good tonight. She does look good, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think her and Rhea could be a money feud uh, coming. You know, once we get past this, I think uh, I think that could be something really cool. Okay, so here's the biggest thing to talk about tonight on NXT, I think, which was uh, Keith Lee in this promo he cut, calling out Karrion Cross and what he did to Dominic Dijakovic, uh, Scarlett coming out, and uh, then Karrion addressing him on the screen. So. They're doing this build. I mean, is this too soon to have Karrion in contention for the uh, NXT title? Because I, I don't see how he loses this title as, shot. Yeah, as long as they don't AEW it. As, as long as he doesn't come in and they and they, I mean, they, I mean, again, now NXT is willing to do screwy finishes. You know, time limit draws. You know, something comes out of the sky and you know, like it's been a uh, while since they've done that a uh, takeover though for like, yeah. like a world title match. I don't, I, I can't remember them ever doing that. Yeah, and I don't think they will. I mean, I'm not going to make my official prediction yet. We still got three weeks, but um, based upon the, the the attention to detail they put in with Cross and his debut and his presentation with Scarlett to Triple H, Sean, Road Dog, they've all been quoted of just like saying this guy has just got dollar bills written all over him and carrying cross. It really seems like this is, they are just shining him up and getting ready. Um, and I'll tell you what, this is, and this is just my opinion. Uh, if I had one of the Nielsen rating boxes, I could uh, help project the viewership. I was so focused with Keith Lee coming out because I knew somewhere in the segment, I'm going to have to see or hear from carrying cross and, and Scarlet. So I was, and that's, that is the definition of draw. You're not even the guy coming out, but I know that, you're go- like I mean that that's that that says it all right there and uh, so this this is the best thing this might be in all three brands the best thing WWE has going is Carrying Cross. Yeah, uh, to your point, Glenn. If Carrying Cross got beat by Keith Lee and then he's feuding with Johnny Gargano after that, yes, it's a total waste. I think that Cross wins 100. percent 
And I think um, maybe Keith Lee goes to the the main roster after that, or maybe they do one rematch and then he goes. But um, it, it does seem too soon for Keith Lee to lose the title. I'd almost rather Keith Lee be facing someone else and they'd be building, like, obviously they already blew off Dijakovic and, and Cross, but if they hadn't done that and built that for TakeOver and then he gets killed there, uh, and then you built a Keith Lee and Cross, but... Alonzo uh, Smith saying Keith Lee's going to beat Cross to take over 30. He just won the title. He can't lose it that quickly. I think they wouldn't have had him get rid of the North American title, and they wouldn't have put him in this well, match unless he was Raw or SmackDown bound. And that's what's so baffling, is I thought when he won both titles, when Lee had both North American and World, I was like, okay, well, this is at least an exit strategy to have him face Cross as quickly, but not be completely... Yeah, like, you know, Cross could challenge him but cross takes the north american title off of him and so keith is still world yeah. champion or vice versa so the fact that they decided just to vacate and put a tournament up i was like right wow you're really putting yourself in a corner here of of gamble now KMU 94 saying carrying cross losing now would be like thanos getting beat in the first five minutes of the movie but wait didn't didn't thanos get beheaded in the first five minutes of endgame Wasn't it's that- all it's also like drew barrymore being one of the uh title actors in the first scream and she gets murdered in the first 10 minutes spoiler alert yes uh but making popcorn yes you can't do that with cross i mean that'd be the biggest joke they've ever played on the wwe universe like if keith lee just comes out and squashes carrying cross Nah, that's not happening no never um i don't know i mean it is that surprises me that they do like uh you know, I would have thought that Charlotte would have put put over someone clean on her way out, and she didn't get beat. Uh, but I just can't see them beating Karen Cross. He's too cool a character right now. They've done such an excellent job with him. And and the SummerSlam weekend is, uh, you know, Hunter always refers to it that that's their mania for NXT. That's that is their, yeah. that's that for the takeover. So if you're going to do a big change into the guard, uh, even though Keith Lee hasn't been the guard for long, this is where you do it. Uh, and I'm not even going to dignify Cameron Grimes' interruption by discussing it. We're just going to move on. To Imperium versus Enterprise. I suppose that Enterprise. Cameron Better Grimes name than is like a Real quick, it is a poor man's version of Heath Slater. I get the same uh, reaction. Like, whenever they do a Cletus uh, segment on The Simpsons, like, I'm just yeah, kind of yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> Grimes is kind of the same thing. I think it's lazy. This tag team is a poor man's version of if Renegade and Warhorse teamed up. <laughs> What's going to get more hate tonight? The uh, the comments about Warhorse disparaging me saying Pat McAfee's not that big of a draw. We're just we're just taking some uh, hot takes here tonight on the Wrestling Gang podcast. I can't wait to wake up tomorrow morning to it from a DM from Warhorse uh, challenging <laughs> me to a Twitter battle of, a Twitter battle of followers. <laughs> uh, but Imperium versus Everize. I mean, Imperium got the win. Whatevs, Where's call Walt? me when Walter's Where, is, back. Yeah. Is, Walt, is Walter in the UK? Is that why he's not around? Yeah, I think he's been in Australia. Uh, Undisputed Era came out and uh, started attacking Imperium. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Jake Atlas. With Swerve getting a win. Quick match, but good. Good, but don't care yet. You know, again, they haven't built either of these guys to to where you should care yet. Well, if you don't care about that, what about Damian Priest and Oni Lorcan next week in a triple threat against NXT UK superstar Ridge Holland? I do care about this. 
Oh, tell me more. Well, I do. They, they, they did a profile and a vignette on Ridge. Uh, if you have seen him in NXT UK, uh, he is a very physical, dominant uh, guy. So, like, this is one of those things where, like, they're doing a profile on him. So, like, now it is a triple threat. So, Ridge could not win, but he could also be the one that doesn't get pinned. So, that would be a protection of him. I hope it's Damian Priest. I want to see Priest in contention for this North American title. Um, and that is the only way you can go about it without, without pinning this new guy coming over from NXT UK is, again, having... You know him just not involved in the finish, but up the so all those factors I just said, I'm interested to see this. Or you go balls to the wall with him, you have him win it and end up winning the title. I mean, this dude, they made him look like Brock Lesnar in that promo. They did, yep, they did. They did a good job in that. Yeah. So the main event tonight, the triple threat qualifier for the North American title ladder match at Takeover: Finn Balor versus Dexter Loomis versus Timothy Thatcher. And uh, Dexter Loomis getting the win. Interesting that Thatcher almost had Balor tapping out, but then uh, Loomis did the silent submission on Thatcher, giving him the win. Um, absolutely the right call, right? Yeah, I mean, they put a lot of time behind Loomis. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of Finn fans out there, and I don't want to be the the bearer of bad I mean, news. The, 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 I, I think the Finn train has just passed. I, I think the Finn I, fans are just a little tired of the flim flam. <laughs> I mean, Finn, uh, you know, we thought there might be a re-energizer him in NXT. Um, they, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't he, he's, he's not. He's just, he, he's there. It's fine. Uh, but I I don't know what Finn, I don't know what his contract status is. I don't know. But he he's not going to be the guy they're, they're going to push to be like the, the, the face of the brand again or something like that. Uh, but, but Loomis, is, he's done a lot of things with them. He's had a lot of uh, TV time and investment. I like this finish. I like him sneak, slithering in and putting his submission on. While another guy has a submission, I thought it was very Dexter Loomis esque for the character. So, Wait, you're saying uh, Dexter Loomis did something very Dexter Loomis esque? Yeah. yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was. the most Justin Labar esque thing you've said tonight. <laughs> I didn't know any other way to describe it. It's, it's, that's what Dexter Loomis would do. Um, so I was okay with this. <laughs> I really was. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know where Finn goes from here. I have no clue. See, I disagree. I, I think Finn, you need some star power in this match, and, and there's absolutely none so far. Dexter Loomis, I don't get it yet. Um, I know Road Dog loves him, but I just don't see it. And I think Finn, yes, he has he hasn't been that superstar in NXT that I think people were hoping, but I still think he adds star power to that match. And right now, who's in that match next week again? Is Rich Holland and who are the other two? Uh, Priest uh, and uh, Oni Lorcan. Lorcan. Oni Lorcan. Do any well, my of money's names... on Oni? Clearly, my yeah. money, my money, my money's on Priest to Priest. pin. Uh, Orkin, and so that way, again, so that way Ridge doesn't get harmed. I think Ridge has to get the win. But do any of those names, maybe Priest, but really, you know, excite you um, for this well, match? Well, it shouldn't be the main event. Yeah, but it's uh, the North American title match, you know, ladder match. Well, Usually well, these... well it's a qualifier. Right, right. But, the opener. but what I mean is any of those names getting in that match, really, you know, with Bronson Reed and, uh, and now Dexter Loomis, it's not, it's not a, a marquee matchup so far. You need to get some, you need well, to get Finn at least a that. name or two in there. And I think Finn could have been that guy. I agree. Uh, Justin Lopez, $5 saying I'm in agreement. Raj, he's Slater's replacement. If Grimes, uh, when and if Cameron Grimes gets to the main roster. Yeah. Right. Stop all this main <laughs> roster talk. I have to let it slide too many times. I know we're just, just waiting. Just waiting. <laughs> to see when Justin's waiting gonna break. It. Pissing me off. Uh, Joe, why Dexter Loomis looks like a serial killer who works at Banana Republic? I think that's what he's supposed to be. <laughs> I think he's supposed to. 
I think Loomis is good. Although, but see, Loomis is doing that though, and then you have Carrying Cross. Like, they need more unique personalities. You know what I mean? I mean, Carrion's more of a monster, but still, like the creepy guy and the monster guy. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, is it Oni Oni Lorkin, not Orkin? You said Orkin, Justin. Uh, He's not going to win. It doesn't matter. Yes. Uh, good to see the Robert Stone brand picking up a win tonight with Mercedes. Yeah, I, uh, that was NXT. Uh, Justin, that I think was had NXT. A couple more. Oh, Stone Cold. We mentioned. Uh, yeah. We mentioned WWE wanting to bring SummerSlam back in front of live fans. Uh, yeah, another, another, and that was from Russell Votes. Another Russell Votes uh, report coming out is that uh, much like we saw with Triple H earlier this year, that uh, WWE apparently has some plans to maybe try to do a 25th anniversary for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, so uh, there's not much more other, other than that, other than the thought that maybe an Austin appearance, as he always does, that would give a, a bump to the rating. For that given night, um, you know, Russell Brothers noted that maybe it would be in the fall time when WWE is hopeful that they have some fans uh, there. Uh, so this is interesting. I mean, you know, Steve came in the WWF very, very late '95, uh, early '96. So you know, the Austin 316 did not get born until June of '96. So my opinion would be wait until next June. Literally wait until next year when hopefully they're back with some more normalcy and you have fans and you know live gate and everything and it would be twenty five years to the month of Austin three sixteen being born. You can try to tout you can try to bring him out there. They had him out there at the PC around Mania time with that awkward Pyron Saxton segment. Oh yeah. I don't do it right now. Wait until you are like, don't waste that right now. Because yes, it'll pop a rating for a week. It'll do well for a week, but it's not going to do anything that's going to carry on to the, 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 to the weeks following. So just hold this off. Don't well, worry. not like in November when it's the 35th anniversary of the wrestling album being released. And mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to what the WWE has in store for that. I bet you it's nothing. <laughs> but, I was talking uh, about this with Matt Coon the other day. I was like, we could get Land of a Thousand Dances redone by current wrestlers. The only question is... Would uh, independence and AEW involvement preclude any WWE stars participating? This November's this November's also thirty years to the date of uh, Survivor Series for Undertaker. Yeah, uh, real quick, also um, impact this past. So, the episode coming off the of Slammiversary, uh, I'd mentioned on the last episode, I didn't have the final number. It's actually 163,000 viewers, only up four and a half percent from the week before. They had done 156,000 the week before. Uh, it's actually lower than the average of what they had been averaging from January through March. They had been averaging 174,000 viewers since April. They had been averaging 147. So they got a little bump, but you know, bringing in that much talent and that small bump, hopefully they build on that, but, uh, and, and not big numbers. Like I think, or uh, big increases. Like I think some people were expecting raw also this past Monday night doing their all time or second all time low of 1.617 million viewers. Basically all the all time lows have been this month. Uh, this is down 1% from last week's 1.628 million viewers. Uh, but the the bad the really bad number was it did 1.699 million viewers in the first 1.688 in the second and the f- the third hour f- fell to 1.463 and that had the ending of the Sasha versus Oscar match the Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler that 1.463 million viewers is the lowest rated hour in WWE uh, Raw history. Damn. All right, Raj, I'm putting you on the spot. 
before the end of 2020, we'll raw see an hour that drops below a million. I think so. I think there. Oh. I think with the football, the playoffs, and possibly a debate. You know, because I think the debates have been on Monday nights before. Um, I mean, if we're at 1.4 right now, football starts usually drops, you know, 15 percent. You know, that's taking you down to, you know, high 1.2s. And Mm. I I think so. What do you think? I I don't know if we could go below. I I think I think I think there's still lower to go. I didn't know if it could go below a million. I I could see it going as low as one point. 1.3. 2.1.3. That's all I was wondering. I want to ask you, like, because you're right. Debate with the, with the election is going to heat up soon, and NHL and NBA are coming back. MLB just came back. NFL is planning to, like, I, I mean, it's yeah. Assuming they all do, right? and they all go off. Right. The sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But 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 you know. But yeah. It's it, that's. I that's what I was wondering. I was like, could, I'm like, could they could could it could, could Monday Night Raw? What's what was once dubbed the flagship? Could it drop an hour below a million? I, think that Randy Orton could win the main title at SummerSlam. You know, I, I know we're like, it's time to get out of here soon. I, I was debating this with Nick Hausman on the Wrestling Inc. Daily today. I'll be back on tomorrow. G-plug. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to take the title off of Drew until yeah. they get a crowd. I think they are going to ride with Drew and not even try to crown a new champion, even though Randy Orton's so established. I don't see them changing world title, world champion for on Raw until they have, until they're back to some normalcy. I just don't. Well, what if you did this? What if you took the title off Drew um, with, you know, outside interference, whatever, you know, Randy Orton gets a disputed win. And then that way you could finally do Drew winning the title once fans are back and then give him that real momentum because his ratings have been sucking. Um, His ratings have. I don't know if I put it all on him. I I put it on a lot of But the magic's already happened once. Drew beating like that, like that would have been a moment in Tampa and then the stadium. I don't think if you take it off of Drew in August, and you know, let's say by I don't know uh, Rumble, you try to have him win it back. I just don't think it's going to be the same thing. I, I don't think it's going to be the same organic feel. So I, I just don't. I don't know. There's, there's such a lack. I mean, I, behind after Randy, there's just such a lack of credible heels on Raw. Seth's fighting with Dominic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, just... it, it's been bad. Um, I, I do think it's a matter of time before the two brands start merging a little more and, and appearing on each other's shows because they have no depth right now, um, especially on Raw. I'd love to know. I'd love to talk to a USA executive and say, look, I understand that if Raw went to two hours, that that extra hour you can run Chris Lee knows best or NCIS probably isn't going to make as much money as, as the, 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 the shitty third hour raw. But I don't know. I just, I just, I just want to know where, at what point is the breaking point? Cause again, oh. even, even pre pandemic, three freaking hours is too long. Every week. Yeah. How's uh how's cannonball doing in the ratings? Yeah. Right. Uh, and triple H is triple H has, has said as much in the conference calls. He does with us without coming out bluntly and saying he, he notes like, Three hours is just that's a chore every week. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to wrap up here in a second, but I do think WWE they kind of sold their popularity and uh, the best product for the fans by taking that third hour. You get that extra money, yeah. you're getting more money than ever right now because of that TV rights and that extra hour of Raw is probably like 50 million a year. But you are sacrificing your long term popularity, your long term gaining popularity. 
And it's just going to hurt them year after year after year. We've seen year after year since they moved to three hours. Actually, more or less year after year since 2000. But really, well, since they moved to three hours, you saw the, the drastic declines. I think all because Triple H made fun of Justin Labar many moons ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the turning point. He did. You can, karma. You, you can find that on YouTube. He, uh, he, he called me out, me and my loser friends. <laughs> and that we bitch on the internet about what happened. Here you are bitching. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's why he is who he is. Was it a work or was it a shit? (laughs) Well, nothing's going to top that, folks. Uh, He's at Justin Labari, at Rosh Geary underscore 303. Macklin Rubenstein will be back here Friday night to complain about SmackDown and uh, talk to Matt Morgan about what it was like doing Dr. Drew's show. So until then, folks, take care. We'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. That shoot is on YouTube.